0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. The United States Constitution, that much maligned document these days, is a special target of a surprising enemy. According to Dr. Tim Jennings, it's not the Democrats or the Republicans that represent the Constitution's greatest nemesis. It's someone far more dangerous. I'll let him explain. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? I wrote a blog recently
1: entitled Why Satan Hates the U.S. Constitution. In order to understand that, we have to understand how the Bible describes the way Satan wants to rule and the way God rules. And if you read in your scripture in Isaiah, it talks about how Satan wanted to rule by ascending on high, taking the throne and ruling over the masses of people. But Jesus, according to Philippians chapter two, did not think equality with God was something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and humbling himself all the way to the point of the cross. In other words satan's method is to have a ruling elite in power rule over and exploit the masses to take from the masses to sustain them god's method as the sovereign creator is to give of himself to uplift and um, help develop his creatures and so it's exactly opposite in methodology the history of human governments have historically been a ruling elite exploiting the masses. Mm -hmm. You can start with the pharaohs of Egypt. You can look at the emperors of Japan and China. You can look at the rulers of Babylon and Greece and Medo-Persia and Rome and then the nation states of Europe with their kings and the papal powers. And you can look at the Aztecs and, and, and others. There's a ruling elite that exploits the masses for the advantage of the ruling elite. Throughout history, they've done this with a variety of mechanisms, denying the masses education or controlling education to indoctrinate in a belief system that there was a divine right of kings, propagandizing with superstitious teachings like the fear of hell and the church holds the keys to that, so you better obey or else. In other words, a ruling elite exploiting the masses, enslaving, imprisoning, killing, controlling resources such as food, water, housing impoverishment, which has been structured and purposely inflicted to keep the masses under the control of those in power. And so you see this throughout history, that this is how this methodology works. And now to the question of the constitution, there's only one government in history that was purposely established to prevent the establishment of a ruling elite, and instead give the power and the control to the masses and that is the U.S. government. And with the Constitution, it specifically divided the powers into three branches and then decentralized the power into the control of the actual masses and put multiple obstacles in the way to prevent the rising up of a ruling elite class that would dominate and exploit the masses. Well, then let me
0: ask you this, Dr. Jennings. When the Constitution was written, when it was put in place several hundred years ago, Are we talking about a a different world where that Constitution fit better than it does now? Is it time for us to
1: change the Constitution to meet where society is going? Not at all. These principles are principles of the use of power and the rights of individual people. And the U.S. government was the only government in history. Some have taken elements since the Constitution was written, and there are governments in the world today that try to model some of these principles also. So I'm not saying the U.S. government's the only government today that practiced some of these principles, but it was the one established in the Constitution to give the power to the individuals and recognize the rights of the citizens And the government was to serve the citizenry. The citizenry was not to serve the government, which all the divine rights of kings and all the emperors and pharaohs, they were often even treated as gods. And the citizenry was to worship in some cases. Remember, the emperors of Rome at some time presented themselves as having divine right and to be worshipped. And many of the other ruling powers did this. And so the U.S. government was established on principles that we have as individuals all men were created equal with certain inalienable rights. And the powers are to be distributed amongst the people, and a ruling class was not to arise to exploit the masses. And so the articles invested into the Constitution, the various amendments to the Constitution, are mostly designed to give the individuals rights and powers and to limit the powers of the government to ever have a ruling elite rise up to exploit them.
0: Were the writers of the Constitution aware of what they were doing? I mean, they, they knew what they were trying to do. Did they know why they were trying to do it? Did they think this is more in line with the way God deals with us as opposed to the uh, ruling elite?
1: Yes, it's uh, stated there in the Declaration of Independence from our creator, we have inalienable Mm -hmm. rights. They were uh, believers in uh, God and the creator God. And so they understood these principles and they were coming out of the, remember the colonies were colonies of the European powers and they were coming out of governments that had the belief in the divine right of rulers and also the papal powers, the history of the inquisitions and things like this. And many of the amendments were designed to restrict government and to give power to people. For instance, the uh, right not to incriminate oneself. Under the inquisition, if an inquisitor asked a question and you refused to answer, that was concluded as an admission of guilt. So you must answer or you're concluded to be guilty. Well, instead, you have as a citizen the, the presumption of innocence, unless proven guilty, and you do not have to actually answer a question, and that is not taken as an admission of guilt if you refuse to answer. So there was, again, power shifted from the authorities to the uh, individual, and the individual rights were to be protected from the government.
0: Okay, Uh, I can see now why you say that Satan hates the U.S. Constitution. It is not the way he wants to operate. The ruling elite would be more like he wants to operate because he wants to be the ruling elite in our lives. If Satan hates the Constitution, how does he feel about what's happening today in Washington, D.C., and with the Constitution, and the way people are responding to it these days?
1: Well, one of my premises that I put in my blog is that Ever since its inception, the U.S. Constitution has been under attack. Yes. It was under attack by the War of 1812 militarily to try to overthrow our country and destroy this government and make us a colony again of Britain. It was under attack through processes that are designed to dilute its power or to allow for the establishment. Right now in our society, there are some calling for the dissolution of the Electoral College. The Electoral College was designed to prevent a simple majority from dominating the masses and allowing a ruling elite, and instead it gave rights to individual states so that individual states also were recognized as having a certain electoral power or authority. Mm -hmm. There is calls to do away with that in our society, which would undermine constitution. Another one, in Britain they have a parliament. And in the parliament, the uh, prime minister serves at the behest of the parliament. So the parliamentarians get together and they vote, and amongst themselves, they determine who's the prime minister. And at any time, they can have a vote of no confidence and remove the prime minister. Our constitution was set up that the president would be elected by the people through the electoral college and have equal power to the legislative branch, which is the Congress and the Senate, and that he cannot be removed by a simple majority. He doesn't serve at the behest of the Congress; he serves at the behest of the people who elected him in a national election. That's why only can be removed through high crimes and misdemeanors, treason, or bribery through an impeachment with a two-thirds conviction of the uh, Senate. And they put this high bar there because they did not want this to be a government that was a parliamentarian government. Mm-hmm. Take
0: the concept of we the people and apply that to other things that are happening in the name of the Constitution these days. There seems to be those who want to take the government and turn it into a, a conscience. They want to turn it into a ruling spiritual element that makes people obey certain dogmas of certain groups of people. Is that even constitutional based on what you just told us?
1: Very interesting question, Charles, and people have often purported fear of, say, the the evangelical Christians getting hold of the government and passing certain religious laws that conform compliance. And so the uh, articles uh, were written into the constitution that there'd be a separation of church and state and mm-hmm. the state will not establish a religion because in the s- states of Europe, there was unification of church and state. and People were persecuted for their their uh, conscientious beliefs. And so our government was established in a, in a way that we would not have a state religion that would be enforced by the power of the state. That doesn't mean that there aren't principles that should be applied, but the philosophical framework of one's belief system, whether it's Christian, Buddhist, Islamic, or agnostic, should not be enforced in the schools. One of the problems that's happened in the society today is that people have accepted this, what I call a lie, that teaching agnosticism or atheism is not a religion. In fact, it is a religion. If you understand that a religion is a belief system that teaches the origins of one's life, uh, the purposes, and tries to explain why we're here and how life unfolded, this belief system is not based on reproducible science, but in faith in certain assumptions and interpretations of the world around us. And so what's happened, because we don't teach a certain dogma of a religious sect in schools, children are being indoctrinated into a godless worldview that actually impacts the development of their character and changes society. The way that we would actually, in my view, best uh, apply the constitutional principles of liberty is by having a school system structured where parents receive a voucher, and the parents get to choose where their kids go to school. And if they want them to go to an Islamic school, they go to an Islamic school, or a Jewish school, or a Christian school, or an agnostic school. The parents then are free to decide what school their kids go to instead of all of them going to public schools that are indoctrinated in a certain godless worldview. It puts
0: the power of choice back into the arms and the minds of the parents and the children then are brought up the way the parents want them to be brought up as opposed to the way the state wants them to be brought up. Am I on the right track saying that? You are on the right track. That's exactly right. All right. Very good. Dr. Jennings, in the last couple of minutes we have of the program, how do we individually apply the principles of the Constitution and marry them to the principles that we learn when we study
1: God's Word? The big principle is liberty. Mm-hmm. Love only exists in an atmosphere of freedom. And this is why we want to present truth in love, but leave other people free and respect and treat them without hostility, without reprisal, without recrimination, if they have a different belief system than us. I don't have recrimination against people who have a godless worldview. I respect them, and I have many colleagues in the medical profession that don't believe in God, and I have great admiration for their scientific intelligence, and and I've learned many things from them. Yet... One of the things that happens in our society today is there great intolerance for people who have different worldviews than us, and there's this pursuit through the government oftentimes to try and force a certain practice upon others, either from the left or the right, yes. rather than simply leaving people free to make their own decisions. There it is, free to make their own decisions, because that's how God treats us, am I Right. That's exactly correct. And love and individual development only happens in an atmosphere of freedom. When we coerce people, we incite rebellion, we damage individuality, and we shut down thinking.
0: I'm reminded of that song. I think I've heard that his banner over me is love. I think that that may be what we need. That may be what is missing in today's society.
1: Are we missing that love in our hearts? Yeah, you're exactly correct. People even, you know, when we love somebody that sees something different than us, we don't need to reach out and try to hurt them. Let's use a simple example. You love your family member who may be having an addiction problem you don't need to reach out and hurt them. Their addiction is hurting them. You want to, though, create opportunities for them to seek treatment and be free from their addiction. But if they refuse that, you don't have to take an action to injure them. They're injuring themselves.
0: All right. Very good. Words of wisdom from Dr. Tim Jennings today. We have a website for you to visit, comeandreason.com. You can read Dr. Jennings' blogs. You can see his television programs and hear his podcasts, and you can read the articles that he's written. Lots of good resources there at Come and Reason. Also, his books are there lined up for you to enjoy, comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Always great, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone.